Uh, I was born in Malaysia and raised up there until at the age of uh, 18. Then I accepted Jesus Christ. We lived in a small town, but there was no church at all. Until the church came, until a church came, this was the Lutheran church. This is the only church that came to our small town. And I was with a few classmates, went there to play badminton. They have a beautiful badminton court. And then the pastor just keep on inviting us to, go to, to, to come to Sunday school. And then uh, we did that. And then gradually, they, uh, we speak our English with such a Chinese strang, slang on it. And then one of the, one of the Bible women is, a, is, a, is an uh, American. She said, why, why don't I teach you more about English? And said, yeah, that's, that would be good. That's what we wanted to know. Because at that time, we all are studying only Chinese and a little bit of English. And so this Bible woman from America, they are missionaries. Uh, she's very smart. I think she has the wisdom of God. What she did was she used the Bible to teach us English and not uh, any English books. So this is such a wonderful thing that, you know, as, it, as she taught us, then we learn English as well as learning to know God, as well as learning to see what God's words are. And then sometimes he, sometimes he said, oh, this is strange. Um, we don't understand this. And then she she will, uh, she will, she will uh, help us to understand that. And gradually, the pastor approached us. We are four of us. The pastor approached us. The pastor knows that uh, has had good relationship with us. And then he wanted us. Uh, one day. He preached a sermon about uh, make decisions to God. And th four of us together with some of them, uh, some of others, young people. At that time, I was only 18 years old. And then we all raised our hands to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. And then after accepting with words, he said, now you have to go through a baptism class before we baptize you, so that you, you know what baptism means. You know what Holy Communion means. You know what the Lord's, Lord's Prayer means. And so, on, and so on and so forth. And then one in, in the small catechism, we have a small catechism. One of the, uh, one of the first article in that is the Ten Commandments that you all have here. It's the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm glad that you used this bulletin with the Ten Commandments on it. Uh, and, and, and I was baptized with the other classmates. Then I worked a, a little bit. I worked a year 
in the uh, church clinic to, to, to do the x-rays work. You know, I, I'm a little bit familiar with mechanics and I like to do those things. So after a year, the pastor always approached me. Hey, hoi son, what are you going to do? You have already graduated from high school. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, if you don't know, maybe I can recommend you something. I said, what? Oh, I recommend you to study theology to become a pastor. I said, no, 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 no. That's not, I, I can't even speak too well. How can I become a pastor? And I said, no, don't worry. The Bible says, I think you have learned that from uh, Mrs. Sullivan, her name was Mrs. Sullivan of the, of the English class, that if we depend on God, look for God, depend on God, God will give you the courage and the way to do things. So I said, I will pray about it. And then later he, I thought I, I could forget about it. And then he kept on coming back to me. And then I said, Pastor, my family is just a very, uh, doesn't have much money to uh, support me to go for college. He said, yeah, I know, I know your family a little bit. Now this pastor is not a Chinese pastor. He's a German pastor and he speaks fluent Chinese language. If I'm in the next door and he, and he speaks Chinese, then I wouldn't know that he is a German person because he was a missionary to China before. When China overturned by the communists, then they, she went back, he went back to Germany. And then when that church first come to our place, come to our town, he was the first one called by the American Lutheran Church to serve there. And at that time, he was already uh, 50 years old. And then I said, no, still I can't. First of all, I don't have the money to do that, to do, go for a higher education. Secondly, I have to work to earn, to help my family out. And then he thought for a while, and then, well, I pray for you. And then I let you know next time when I ask you. And then next time he asked me again, he said, what happened? I'm already 50 over years old. I will leave this place. If I leave this place, who is going to take over? Think about it. And then you are Malaysian. At that time, I was a Malaysian citizen until I immigrated here. And then missionaries have to leave Malaysia because of the, it's a Muslim country, Malaysia is a Muslim. So he said, I pray and pray and think about it. And then finally, the last time he came to me, Hoisan, what? I have got a scholarship with you to go to study. And then, well, that's great. 
how about my support to the family? He said, don't worry. I think God will have a way to do it since he can give you a scholarship to do that. And then I went to Hong Kong. To, uh, at first, I was not studying theology. I was studying the foreign language in a Chinese university. And then after graduating there, then I went to the Lutheran seminary in Hong Kong, high up in the mountain, Tofungsan. Yeah. There, I, that was my first theological education. And then at that time, uh, can, can somebody help me to bring that bottle of water for me, please? Yeah. Thank you. Bob is always dry. Yeah. And so from there, then Malaysia has a lot more missionary going back to home because they are not allowed to stay. Uh, American missionary, German missionaries from that, they found a Lutheran church, Malaysian Lutheran church, Singapore Lutheran church over there. Then the church called me back. He said, before I just finished one year in theological college after the graduation from a Chinese uh, university. So he said, Hoi San, you have to come back to Singapore. At that time, they are going to build a church over there. And then before they build a church, they need someone to uh, become, to, to do something before the church was built. And then I agreed. And at that time, I have a, a very good friend that I married her, and she was a pastor's daughter. So we married in Hong Kong and went back to Singapore. The first church in Singapore is Queenstown Lutheran Church. At first, there's nobody around, no church at that time in that town also. Then we, and then, Singapore has lots of 16 stories, we call that, like some of Hong Kong's. And then we, we, my wife and I had to go back from place to place, uh, from all those, uh, all those buildings and then door to door to visit people and bring the children to sing a children's song. Maybe I, I say, too much of what I am now, but I have to come back to the, to, the, to make it uh, uh, short. And I just want to tell you that in my pastoral ministry, I have already served seven churches. Four, uh, three churches in Malaysia and Singapore, and four churches in America. Now, I have already uh, awarded a, a, a certificate from my uh, chief bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church for fulfilling 
50 years of ordination. And I thank God for that. And since then, I also worked with, uh, before I retired from, then I retired from the Lutheran Church, actually. Then I worked, then the United Methodists called me, and I worked for the United Methodist Church after my retirement from the, uh, uh, from the Evangelical Lutheran Church. And that you will see me that if I was serving the Chinese United Methodist Church and the uh, Riverside United Methodist Church here for quite a while, quite a few years. Now, uh, when, when I look back, I can see God led me step by step to do all these things. And in the, well, I, when I was in the church, I had an involvement in uh, counseling and uh, healing service and uh, so on and so forth because uh, when I was a pastor in Malaysia, I felt that I still lack a lot of knowledge and understanding of how to do pastoral counseling, how to help people who are sick and how to pray with, with those people. Then God let me, uh, the Lutheran World Federation is a world organization. Then I wrote a letter to them, I said, can you give me a scholarship to study in this area? of pastoral counseling, psychologies in counseling, and so on and so forth, and healing service, and so on and so on. And then I was surprised. I thought that I would wait for a long time. You know, at that time, I was already a pastor. And then just within a f three or four months, they said, yes, I can send you there. And then they sent me to the United States in Massachusetts to learn pastoral counseling together with psychology, how psychology and counseling and God's work doing together, and then how healing takes place in people. That's why when I then retire from, uh, from uh, Riverside and also from uh, the Chinese uh, UMC, then I went the, the uh, Lutheran Church in downtown, the St. John Lutheran Church downtown, invite me to do as a voluntary service, to do some healing service there. And I've been doing that, and that healing service was on Wednesday. I've been doing that uh, for quite a, quite a few years. Yeah. Okay, well, I think <laughs> that's, that's good enough to introduce myself. It's too long to... to to talk about myself. I want to talk about God now. <laughs> now, if you, if you, uh, uh, do you have, do you have those words cast there? Can you, can I have those? Maybe we can read those words together, huh? Okay. Yeah. The same. The same. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. All right, let's lead it together. 
Uh, I also have, have it here. Maybe my version will be a little bit different from yours. Let's, let's read this together. Uh, this is in, uh, in the Gospel of John 13, 30, 30, uh, 31 to 34. Uh, maybe when, I, when we read, and then I may be stop for a while, and then I will say something about it. Yeah, okay. When he had left, now who is this he? This is uh, the one who, uh, do you know, the, who know this one? Who betrayed Jesus Christ? Anyone? Do you know his name? Yeah. So, so this he is not God, is 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 one of his disciples. And then the uh, when 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 this disciple just went out, uh, actually um, Jesus Christ was having a holy communion with his disciples together. And then this trader, uh, after the holy communion went out quickly. And then as he, as he left, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Children, I am with you a little, a, a little while longer, and will look for look for me. You will look for me, and just as I told you, and just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. And then he go on to he go on to many things, and then the disciples, all the disciples, uh, at the table of a holy communion. They, they, at that time, they do not call it holy communion. There's a supper, supper, holy supper, or something like that. They don't even have the word holy there. But anyway, that's the Jesus in this passage. Jesus Christ is is a farewell party to them. He's going somewhere. He's going back to the Lord. He told them, I'm going back to the Lord. And then on 31st, I love you. I, I give you a new commandment. I give you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. Now, this is a new commandment. Now, you can't find this commandment in this Ten Commandments there. 
This is a new commandment that God wants to give it to us, and Jesus wants to give it to us. Now, if you go home and read John chapter 13 until uh, a few chapters, you will see that the disciples have been questioning Jesus Christ. Why are you going? Uh, and then Peter said, can I go with you? And so on and so forth. But Jesus said that I go because I have to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come back to get you all there. Now look, sometimes we forgot about Jesus' return. Many people forgot about Jesus' return. And then at that time, the disciples thought that they will return during their, life, uh, their lifetime, but didn't. Jesus did not return to the disciples yet. And then it keeps on going and going. Now, nowadays, you will see that uh, all over the world, it is such a chaos places. Uh, people are fighting with each other, killing each other, and have no mercy for killing, and thought that killing is nothing, and go on and on and on. Make the whole world becoming a very disturbing world. Now, just, just uh, think of America. America now, particularly this year, there's a lot of uh, problems. Murders, like Chicago, it was recorded that in just a few months, 400 over people were being murdered. And the, most of the people still want to defund the police. And then now, we have lots of cancel culture. <laughs> I'm sure you know what is cancel culture. If I do not agree with someone, if I'm a conservative, do not ag agree with the uh, progressive, then they will put me down and try to take all the dirt in me, whatever it is, and then try to make me as an unimportant person. Nobody should listen to you. You know, that is cancel culture now. And also, uh, our country is going through all these chaotic things, you know, open, uh, uh, a country now has an open border. You know how, how many people have come in here now? Billions. Now Jesus here tell us that this is a new commandment that I love, love one another. Now sometimes we question and somebody asks me, Pastor, how can I love one another when the country doesn't love me? I said, wait a minute. The country doesn't love you. It's the country. But 
Jesus Christ, God is talking about love human beings. Love human beings. I love you, you love me. Now, this love is, uh, is not an ordinary love. This love is from God. This love is the love that Jesus Christ died for us, shed his blood, and his blood washed away all our sins. When we commit ourselves, when we accept him as Lord and Savior, he gives us eternal life. Now, I think from reading the Bible, particularly reading the Revelation, the last book of the Bible, you will see that God will be coming sooner than we expected. Now, all those things happening now in the world, not only in America, in the world, uh, telling us that this is a time God will be coming back soon. And so Jesus, when he left, when he had this farewell party to his disciples, the first thing he wanted his disciples to do is loving one another. Loving one another and do God's work in love. Not only say in love, but also in action. Now, if you have a Bible with you, you look at uh, you look at uh, Corinthian chapter thirteen. That is the definition of love that Paul gave to us. Now, Jesus just want us to follow this new commandment, love one another. Chapter, you turn to chapter 13, and then you will see that what is love. <clears throat> now, at, at first, the first few verses says, if I speak if I speak human or angelic tongues, that means languages, refer here tongues as languages. If you if our tongue is no good, we can we cannot speak, right? That's tongue languages. If you speak all the languages and you do a lot of things, even you have faith to remove mountain, if you do not have love, you are nothing. This is what Paul said. Now, why Paul give this definition of, uh, of love and ask them, you know, if you do all these things without love, you are nothing. Now, you know, at that time, Corinthian, the, 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 the city in Corinthian, is also a very chaotic place, commercialized, and then there are lots of sin going on in that place. Lots of, uh, you know, even at that time in Corinth, they have a temple. They have the prostitute temple. They call that a temple. And then the people are divided, just like most of the people are divided in America. And then the people are arguing and 
doesn't care for anything, just care for himself or themselves. So that's why Paul at that time, he, when he wrote this letter, he was in Ephesus. And then people uh, went to Ephesus about, and then told him about what's happening in Corinthian, in the Corinthian city. Then Paul, because he was one who had founded a church in Corinthian, that's why he had disciples, he had Christians in Corinthian. That's why the first thing, even among the Christians, they have problems not loving each other. That's why Paul here just wants to define when Jesus talks about the commandments. I give you a new commandment. He's just explained what does it mean by loving one another. Uh, this is what he is trying to say this. He said, love is patience. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Is not hostile. Is not arrogant. Is not rude. Is not self-seeking. Is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs, love finds, no love finds no joy on, in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. You see, when, when Paul defined this love, he's really uh, detailed telling all of us, yeah, if you look back, uh, sometime in, uh, I served seven churches already, and I have served churches, uh, people are very cooperative and love one another. I have served churches, people always arguing in the, uh, uh, in the church council and in the uh, annual meeting and so on and so forth, you will see that some of the church, some of the people just want to talk about others wrong without talking their own wrong. And, and, and Paul here really gave the situation of the Corinthian church just like our church today. If you go to any church, if you stay there longer, you always find out something not cooperating very well. And this, that's why I said that when this, all this thing happens, the Lord will come back very soon. The Lord will come back very soon. If we have families, if we have friends, they are still do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is a good time for us to help them to accept Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ comes, there will be no time for us to prepare. It is time for us to prepare ourselves, help our family, help our friends, help our neighbors to prepare themselves 
of the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is definite. Now, the Bible is a book that tells us everything in the world and tells us everything how different people act. The Bible is God's word. God's word will not go away, as the Bible says. God's word will not go away. Now, you see lots of people, lots of good writers, excellent writers, wrote a lot of books. Finally, it's gone. It's gone. When the person is gone, that book is also gone too. Even maybe linger a little bit longer. But it's gone. But the Bible never goes away. Since the Bible was uh, developed, lots of people, lots of evildoers, lots of satans try to get rid of the Bible. No one can do that because the word of God is so strong, so powerful. No one can discard the Bible. And the Bible tells everything about our life, about people's life. And if it, it is so important to read the Bible, to read the verses. Now, love is earned, is trained, is not uh, born natural. Just like the Holy Spirit is learned and trained ourselves to be more spiritual. Just as love you have to learn from God's word to make it mine. And just like a Holy Spirit also, we have to learn to do that. How, how do we learn how to uh, boost up our love? How do we learn that how to boost up our spirit? Yeah, this is something that the word of the Bible tells us all this, give us all the instructions, but sometimes we, do, we ignore the Bible. We ignore God's word. One, when, when people ignore God's word, then it's very easy to be tempted to do other things other than what God wants us to do. When we have God's word in our heart, we have God's spirit in our heart too. Then, these are two powerful weapons in our human beings. If these two powerful things in our, our heart and our mind, nothing can come to us and destroy us. Now, when we see our country here is so chaotic in many places. But we can be very strong. We have to stand firm. Now, if you have a chance to uh, go to the uh, uh, YouTube and listen to uh, one of, I, I love that pastor very much. Uh, his name is David Jeremiah. Go to YouTube and listen to his sermon. I think he preached every week. Every week he has different topics. 
and he has a very good sermon on how to deal with cancel culture. And I, I, I admire that. I, I think I won't be able to construct a sermon like that by myself, the cancel culture sermon that he preached. That was a few weeks ago. If you go back to uh, YouTube, you can search. He has, broken, he has spoken a lot of uh, titles, but that one I admire the most because he taught us what is, what is uh, cancel culture. How do we deal with cancel culture? And it is the power of God who has given us in our heart and mind. It is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Make us strong. We, have to, we don't have to give away our rights. We have to stand firm in our Christian faith. When you stand firm in your Christian faith, no one can hurt you. Even they hurt you, they are hurting God. And people hurting God, the time will come that God will evaporate them. This is what the Bible also tells us that. Look, brothers and sisters, when we live in this world, there are lots of things that try to get us out of the, the God's love, get us out of his words. But his words will stand forever and ever. And no one can take God's word away. And so as we worship today, I hope that all of us very diligently very diligently. Read the Bible. Read God's words. Uh, the more you read God's words, the more you build up your love. The more you learn from uh, Paul and also from uh, uh, Matthew, John, uh, uh, Mark, and Luke, you actually can build up your faith and your and, 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 and all those uh, wisdom and knowledge that you will build, build you to be a very strong person. I think if you are diligent in building up those, you, each one of you right here, sitting here, can become a teacher of helping others to be a faithful Christian. You know, in... Uh, in Paul's letter here, he said that if you have faith, you have hope, you need to have love, right? And he said, out of this tree, what is the greatest? Love. This is what it says in the, uh, chapter 13, 13. You know, it's very easy to remember 13, 13. Paul here said, now this tree remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I'm so thankful to Paul 
that uh, really help us to understand how to train ourselves to love, how to make ourselves really love one another. I'm, I'm sure that your congregation has loved one another, and yet we also need to invite more people to learn how to love one another. And so also explain why this love is so important in our life. Without love, without faith, without hope, without love, we will be nothing. But with faith, in a Christian faith, not any other faith, but Christian faith. You know, I live in a Muslim country, before I told you, that the Muslims at that time, they won't allow us to preach to them. But if they come to your church, we will welcome them. Because if I ask them to come to church, no, they cannot do. But at a, at a time when before I left for America, I have about 10 Muslims always come to my church and I never invite them. If I invite them, I'm against the law. They will put me to jail. But if they come by themselves, then if the, if the police come, I said, well, you ask them. They come by themselves. I did not invite them. Now, I think for that reason, I think God invited them. God invited them. Have some, they have they listened to a few, they listened to one or two passages. God's spirit go into their heart. And then they automatically come. That's why I said God invited them, not me. If me invite them, it's not as powerful. But if God invites them, it is most powerful. And in fact, one of those Muslims become a pastor. And when he studied theology, he cannot study theology in Malaysia. He has to go to Singapore or other places. And then when he become a pastor, he cannot be a pastor of Malaysia. He has to be in Singapore or in other places. You see, God's word, if we catch God's word in our heart and mind, if we catch that faith, we have great hope and we have great love. And let love always be among us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you. We thank you that you have always given us your love. You also always give us faith. You give us faith, hope, and love. All these three are of utmost importance in our life. Help us, O oh Lord, that we will remember these powerful words that you have given us through the Bible through Jesus Christ himself and through the explanation of that love through Paul, your disciple. Lord, we are your disciple. We also want to be disciples of loving one another. 
so that we can attract people to come to you and help us to build ourselves in such a strong way that we will never forget the love of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us and that when the day comes, we will, as Christians, be resurrected. And we will also, before resurrection, we will be spending a time with our Lord and Savior. And Lord, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for all you have done for us before and now and in the future. In Jesus Christ, most preciously we pray. Amen.